Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artist relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Allison Sheff, a writer, director, artistic liaison, and mom. I'm so grateful you're here. Rita Neidich is an actor, speaker, and coach with numerous theater and television credits. While performing in the Fantastics Off-Broadway, Rita earned her master's in organizational and performance psychology. Her research has involved working with both performing artists and FDNY firefighters. Rita continues to perform while speaking and coaching in biofeedback through her private practice. She is a board-certified biofeedback specialist certified through the Biofeedback Certification International Alliance. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Allison. So you have such a fascinating background. Um, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit of that with us and, and tell us a little bit about your experience as an artist. And then we'll jump into all of the, the fun psychology stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and to find your podcast and to have listened to it Um I just feel very seen. I've been in this space balancing this wellness space and the artist space and just you're bringing awareness to artists and anxiety and just merging these two topics. It's what I've been working in for years and years and I'm just so happy to be here and I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Thank Um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yes. So I have been... um, I've been working as an artist. I was a classically trained singer. I went to undergrad in a conservatory um, setting. I also there had a double major in science, which we'll get to. And um, I've gotten to do a lot of wonderful leading lady roles in musical theater, a lot of off-Broadway plays. I'm in an off-Broadway play right now. And you and I are working on something. That's how we met. Um, we are. In, <laughs> yes, a play in development, right, yeah, that we're yeah. going to be doing. Um, so it's um, it's been really rewarding to be an artist. I've done some TV appearances, including opposite Kevin Bacon. So now we all have some <laughs> degrees oh, I- of I'm a second degree from having bacon now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's been, it's a lot of fun and I'm putting a lot of focus right now on uh, roles that speak to the Jewish and immigrant experience. Cause I myself am a Jewish refugee immigrant. Um, I moved to the States as a young girl. So that's been kind of my focus more recently. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so now tell me a little bit about your training and how um, how your interest in science was perceived in the arts community. Oh, right. So I went to undergrad. I didn't know what I would major in, but I always had this interest in both science and performing arts. And um, when I applied to college, I applied initially as you know a science major. It became more of like a neuroscience focus. And I switched over to performing arts. And, you know, I went to my first audition as a 17-year-old freshman. (laughs) And I had on my resume that, oh, I'm also, you know, double major in science. And, um, you know, it was kind of joked on like, oh, are you going to be, you know, like a singing doctor or something? And (sighs) yeah, (laughs) like that's definitely not the idea. But to me, it had always seemed... um, to be related, you know, and I, mm-hmm. 
I've always been drawn to these healing professions. And to me, the arts and even doing what really you feel like you're meant to do through your job is also healing. But I think a lot of us in the artist, um, the actor, singer community would even say that arts is also a healing profession, right? For us right. and for our audience. And so to me, it always seemed um, to to be merged and to that the the purpose was similar, even though the technique was different. Right, right. So, um, so tell tell me how you decided to um, pursue your master's in organizational and performance psychology. So after college, I was still on the fence about what what I was going to do, and I ended mm-hmm. up booking some some shows and you know traveling a lot regionally. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just stick with this performing arts and, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen to my science interest for a while. Mm-hmm. And in between shows, I was studying with a teacher and she mentioned that somebody she knew was putting on a research study that was looking at biofeedback with performing artists and biofeedback. It was a study to use forms of self-regulation and, um, you know, monitoring your physiology. And we'll get into all of that probably mm-hmm. later and using that for performing artists. And she said, oh, you, you know, you would be really great for this research study because you actually studied science and you're performing artists. And I was working not just with actors and singers, also with dancers. And and I thought, oh, this would be really interesting. Sure. And so I hopped yeah. on to participate in this research study. And as I was working and I got trained in what they were doing, and as I was working with people and I started to apply the techniques for myself, it was a huge aha moment for me. Hmm. Um, It really helped me to understand how a lot of the tools that I had as a singer and as an actor that I could use in my day-to-day life for my own, you know, anxiety and my own well-being Right. And that some of my science knowledge I could use for performing arts purposes. Um, right, right. And I started Wait, using you mean it. the two can go hand in hand? What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They don't exist in their own little vacuums? What? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so it was a really, it really changed, it really changed my well-being. I mean, okay. to just put it, you know, to go hand in hand with this actor and anxiety, it it really had a profound impact on me. And it was having this really profound impact on the people in the study and who I was working with. And so um, this study was later asked to, they said, well, you know, you work with performing artists, can we now work with this FDNY firefighter community? And I've, you know, I was like, I don't know, am I qualified to work with FDNY? Um, and it kind of came to my benefit, I think, in some ways, because the way that I approached working with them when I was doing this, you know, the studies and also coaching with them is that I really allowed them to formulate their own applications, you know, okay. I and they probably felt like I wasn't going to intrude and put my own opinions and they could be honest with what they were going through. Um, So they kind of developed, you know, their own ways of applying these different techniques to their work. And it's kind of how I continue to work with like whoever I'm working with that really, you know, the person, you're the expert in your own life, in your own job, in your own experience, in your job, in your life. And so 
taking this approach of, you know, I can provide some science information, I can provide some, you know, ideas and, but really having the person take agency into how they apply these techniques. So as when I was working with FDNY, I just felt like, okay, I really want to get more education. And that's where I went back to graduate school. I was performing in, in the Fantastics and I was like, okay, I think I have time now. I'll be in town. I'll be in New York. I can apply to a program right, and get education um, so that I can, you know, so I can be more qualified to work in this space and in this field. So right. that's what I did, you know, actor, right. actor by night <laughs> and, and graduate student by day, right. sometimes also night on a Monday night, but right. <laughs> and I'll, you know, so funnily too, is that I think in some ways when I was doing some TV shows here and there, it was paying for my graduate school. So just this whole nice. idea of having our parallels career, oh, as a backup plan, but really it was like funding my science education. Right. Well, and I also think like for the longest time, there's been this, at least growing up for me, it was like, you know, you, you could only do one thing. You could only, you couldn't do multiple things. Like that was sort of what was being put out there by, at least in, in my training. And like doing multiple things makes you so much more interesting as an artist, you know, it makes you, and, and as a human being, um, when you're the only, when you're the person that can only talk about, you know, acting <laughs> right. and you can't relate to other people, like it doesn't make you that interesting. And so I feel like the education system did a huge disservice to me. And, and I can't speak for everybody's education in this, in this respect, but, um, you know, by saying like, you can only do one thing. Right. Or as um, if, if you have multiple interests, then that means you're not serious about the other thing that you're doing. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm really glad that that paradigm is shifting. It needs to shift. Yes. Because absolutely. we as artists, we as people, we have a lot to offer through the world and it doesn't have to be, you know, inside jobs that we don't care about. You know, we just... Right. Um, and it's kind right. of ridiculous to say, you know, the, if you can think of yourself doing anything else, don't become an actor. And I always thought, no, I can see myself having about 25 different professions. That's why right. I'm an actor. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I can yeah. really imagine and I really want to do like I want to have so many different lives and be able to do law and medicine and, you know, psychology. That's why I'm an actor. That's what right. we literally do on stage. Right. <laughs> so what is biofeedback? I have I have so many ideas of what it is, and I tried to do a little research prior to our speaking, and I'm still a little confused about it. So can you give me like the the tell it to me like I'm five yeah, explanation so of what biofeedback is? <laughs> biofeedback is in like simple terms or not even is a way of measuring your physiology that's the bio it could be measuring it directly or it could be even being aware of your physiology okay. and having that be um sent back to you in real time and that's the feedback so taking a temperature for instance can be a form of bio feedback it's your physiological feedback on what's happening in your physiology mm -hmm. um, the way that biofeedback is is used and the different it can use different sensors sensors that measure your heart rate your heart rate variability 
which we can get into. It's a measurement of your autonomic nervous system response. And okay. you can have, now we're talking about actual sensors, right? Like the things yeah, that you would you attach to your body actual, and have uh, have a machine be read, yes. read that. Okay. So you can work with actual sensors. Um, mm-hmm. And I have found you can also work with an understanding of how your physiology, how your body is responding. So it can, it can also work with your own awareness of your physiology. But it's um, it's kind of like being on a lie detector test. You know, when you think of a lie detector test and you're hooked up to all these different sensors, they're going to measure your heart rate. They're going to measure your breathing and like how the qualities of your breath. They're going to measure your fingertips. Um, your, you know, your hands are sweating, the temperature of your fingertips, like all of these measures in a lie detector test mm-hmm. that so that if you lie, the, it's sensing like, oh, you're kind of going into more of a stress response involuntarily. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. biofeedback also has a, an area of neurofeedback and that's measuring brain waves. And the idea is that all of these things are connected. You know, your body, mind, spirit is all one thing. So we can measure one part of your physiology and get kind of an idea of what's happening in the system. Okay. Um, so the biofeedback, it, it's measuring your physiology and feeding it back to you in real time. So you can see how you respond. And so if we look at that lie detector test analogy, mm-hmm. it would kind of be like, learning, well, I don't want to say how to pass a lie detector test, but <laughs> <laughs> because if you, if you're listening to this and you're get put on a lie detector test and you use these techniques, you will come off where like, are you trying to pass this test? Like, do you have something to hide? Cause it will, I will be, I would be able to tell like, okay, this person's trying to self-regulate right now. Like, why are you self-regulating? <laughs> So, so don't use it for that. Um, uh, but it is a way of understanding your own stress response, understanding your own um, autonomic nervous system. So the part that we we generally think that we don't have control over, um, we to better understand that, and then to actually, with that awareness, to be able to then self-regulate from there. So it takes kind of a physiological approach um, and working in that way. Okay. So let's say I'm laying in bed at night and I can't sleep because I'm having racing thoughts. How would biofeedback help that? Right. So um, biofeedback, you would, you maybe notice, maybe you're not aware that your thoughts are racing initially. Maybe you're just noticing that like, oh my gosh, I can't sleep. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and that talk. And so you would, the way after doing like biofeedback training, um, you would check in with like what's happening in your body, for instance, and you might notice that, um, that, okay, maybe as I'm thinking about these world events or whatever it is, maybe I've, you know, stopped breathing. You might check in on different things. So in the training, you would start to become aware of how you personally tend to respond in like a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you would kind of go and check in with like those parts of your physiology that you know might be um, problem areas for you. 
Okay. So you might notice like, oh my gosh, you know, I have racing thoughts, but oh, I'm also like chest breathing and really high and through, you know, and through my mouth and, you know, doing some things that are not going to be conducive to getting your body into more of a relaxation response and more into a, you know, getting ready for sleep. So you would, after doing training, you would observe those things and come at it, which is really one of my favorite things is come at it with no sense of judgment on yourself of just like an awareness of like, okay, this is what's happening to me. This is my experience right now. That makes sense, right? The quality of my thoughts are so stressful or whatever. Okay. This is what's happening, but it's not conducive to like, I'm not fighting a bear right now. So when we go into our fight or flight response, um, we're, you know, we tend to have this, um, our blood going to these main muscle groups, like to, to either fight or to flee. And it goes away from things like digestion and, and our brains, which are really taxing, but not needed in a fight or, you know, flee situation. Mm -hmm. So you would observe what's happening with yourself. And then, um, and then slowly, you know, with that awareness, you know, neuroscience research is showing that just even having that awareness already begins a whole slew of changes in your physiology because your body is constantly working to get to homeostasis. Okay. Um, so you become aware and then go, oh, okay. Like, is that serving me right now? And then slowly, maybe working first with your physiology, you know, if it was the breath that you noticed to allow, like, I love that word allow instead of control, um, but to allow, you know, the breath to kind of calm and to slow. And then as you bring your awareness to that physiology, your thoughts become present in the moment. They become, you know, present on what's happening and your thoughts start to calm down and, um, and heart rate variability it actually shows that as your breath and your focus, and so it's a little nuanced, and this is where biofeedback is so interesting because you can observe what's actually happening with your heart rhythm and your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, as you do bring your attention to your something like your breath and, and your breath starts to kind of slow and kind of calm down, um, your heart rate, your nervous system follows. And so, Interesting. Okay. yeah, we can go into that a little more too. If you want. <laughs> You're like, I want to nerd out on biofeedback, which I love. I love that. I love just, it when someone is passionate about a topic that they're an expert in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it's having agency over your own self. So instead of laying and going, oh, like I, I can't sleep again. I'm so, and just having it spiral out of yeah. like, I'm, I'm helpless in this situation again, this is going to go nowhere. It's being able to observe oneself. And so we practice it at first, not in a stressful situation, right? We practice it in a regular situation, mm-hmm. um, but just to be able to observe yourself and understand what's happening to yourself. And then make the choices that you want to make. Interesting. That's, yeah, that may, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So how does biofeedback differ from therapy and how, or like, 
you and I had a previous conversation about this, and it sounds like biofeedback is something that can be used to sort of supplement therapy. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there are some therapists that choose to mainly practice biofeedback as their form of, you know, F therapy with people. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that I've worked with people is that therapists, so, you know, working with firefighters or a lot of times I would get referrals from people who were working with a therapist and, and they were interested in things like meditation and relaxation techniques. And they wanted to start kind of applying, um, applying tools into their, their work or their day-to-day lives. And so therapists would refer, um, sometimes it's either, even other clinicians, it doesn't have to be, um, therapists only, Mm -hmm. Um, where it works really, really nicely if, where someone is maybe under the care of a clinician and then they choose to add biofeedback where you really the focus becomes on how to apply what you're learning like in your day-to-day and in your job. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, so the two can go hand in hand. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, majority, I would say, of biofeedback feedback practitioners um, do come from a psychology background, tends to be like a clinical psychology background. And if somebody's interested in biofeedback, what should they look for in um, in a practitioner so or in a therapist? So there's an organization. Yeah, that's a great question. So there's an organization um, called the Biofeedback Certification International Alliance. It's BCIA. And okay. actually, that's how a lot of people find me because they have a database of a lot of different practitioners. Um, it's it's a you know people could technically do biofeedback without um, without being you know certified through the certification alliance or people you know obviously they teach breath work and things like that. Um, I have found that you know that this um, certification group has it's international. They, we have conferences. I mean, it's really, um, you kind of would know that you're working with somebody that's made it a point to get an education on this. There's like tests that so we have to requalify every four years or so. I mean, right, right. Um, so that's a really great group. And there might be a couple of others that have, you know, that have also um, come, but that's the main one that I, that I know of. Okay, great. So you and I had had a whole conversation about pseudoscience <laughs> and people who sort of wake up one day and they're like, I'm a this and this expert or I'm a, <laughs> I'm a life coach. Um, so what, what are some, I don't want to say red flags, because that makes it sound, you know, like everybody should be on, on, on high alert. But like, what are some things to maybe that would raise a red flag um, if you are looking to, to explore this a little further? Hmm. So some red flags, I would say, is um, somebody who hmm, is whose approach is not to give you autonomy. The idea with with biofeedback is that um, you are really the person that is going to be making the decisions for what's best for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and understanding of your own self. So, you know, some things that I try to steer clear of is people that are like, I'm going to teach you how to control yourself or like control and, um, 
uh, I have kind of all the answers and right. Um, I don't know. The biofeedback <laughs> guru. <laughs> right. When, when somebody ends up seeking approval from the person that they are or seeking if, help from. Yeah. So I remember even myself trying to do like relaxation exercises of like, okay, before I understood this things, it's like, okay, I'm going to breathe out all my stress. And I'm going to feel better. I'm like, I don't feel better. <laughs> like what's wrong with me? Right. Um, if you, I, I mean, a red flag would be like here, I have the solution. And if you do this, it, your problems will go away. And like, just trust me, like, this is what you need to do instead mm -hmm. of it really starting from, um, your own like self-awareness, um, Mm -hmm. and your own understanding of what's happening like with your own self. I, I feel like in the arts, everyone's always looking for like that side hustle and they see someone like you, who's, you know, made this fantastic, successful second career, other parallel career, I should say. And they're like, I can do that. And then they don't really get the training or the certification and they just start doing something based on what their idea of, of it is and and then they cause damage and so yes you know that's something I try, I try to I uh, avoid <laughs> I, I I like I like the information and the facts to be there if I'm if I'm sharing information about something yeah something so. that I've seen you know especially with and breath work right now or just people saying okay here do this thing and it's going to work for you um so something with, with biofeedback is you're kind of checking back in of how is this affecting me? And you have a sense of, you have something that you can measure also. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, oh, trust the clinician or tr trust the coach. Um, it's right. also kind of checking in like, but is this working for you? Um, right. And absolutely, definitely coming, I very much come from a state of, you know, we don't want to do harm. Um, right. That's like really number one. Um, so just kind of be wary that there are some, um, if you're going to do, you know, a lot of like types of breath work or exercises that are more strenuous, you have to really balance that with like, what are your, what's your physical state? What are your, um, you know, if you're dealing with any kind of um, health issues, for instance, it, it might not be a candidate. So like breath holds, for instance, if you're pregnant, it's not recommended. So there's, yeah, it's nuanced. What advice would you give to an artist that is struggling with anxiety right now? So as an artist um, struggling with anxiety, I, we know we talked about HRV biofeedback, heart rate variability biofeedback. Some of the nuances with, um, with, so HRV, there's a something called respiratory sinus arrhythmia. Now we're really getting into the nerdy <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. It's this um, understanding that our heart rate, our nervous system follows the breath. It's been used um, for Olympic, you know, for people doing even like Olympic shooting. I mean, it's, uh, snipers use these techniques. They'll do breath techniques in order to even learn how to fire in between heartbeats. Hmm. Um, they self-regulate to that extent. Wow. Um, okay. And something as I've worked with so many people and I can see on a screen, like what's happening to their nervous system, 
I can actually tell when someone comes in if they've had um, experience in biofeedback or something that would help like with their breath and their heart connection. Okay. So I had someone sit down once. I was like, Ooh, what did you do before? Have you done this? And he was like, oh, I was a free diver in France. <laughs> like, of course you were. Um, so something for artists that we have, and this was the really big aha moment for me, is that we are constantly, like for the singers out there, we're constantly doing all these exercises um, with our breath. And when we do apply like breath techniques to our work, our nervous system, because of all this exercising of our breathing apparatus, mm-hmm. it is actually going to respond quicker. Um, and it's going to be more effective for us artists. It's kind of like a superpower that we have that we didn't know we had. Similarly with actors, you know, we do all these, um, exercises before we perform and we check in of like, how am I feeling? What am I going through? And we're open to it and we are aware of it with no judgment. And we just Mm -hmm. kind of sense how it all kind of passes through us and we just kind of relax through it, right? In some of the our acting training. And that to me also was a really big aha moment of, oh, we can really apply this um, to our day to day also. Like that sleep example that you and I were talking about. So I think like as actors, as singers, as artists, we have these tools, we have these superpowers that with this science knowledge, really just like some science knowledge of our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, Mm -hmm. we can then use our superpowers to our benefit, not just for acting, but also in our day to day. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? I I suppose that one thing, especially since COVID, is that, you know, we can also look at, you know, we talked a lot about biofeedback and the sensors and, um, you know, it can be actual sensors you attach. And a lot of it too, though, when you work with somebody or as you just learn about your own self, Mm -hmm. the biofeedback can also come from your own understanding and your own awareness of what's happening. And some of the sensors, you know, I sometimes if I'm working virtually with someone, it can be as simple as like a $20 um, hand thermometer, like to measure your fingertips uh, temperature. And you can see in a session like, oh my gosh, I just by sitting here was able to, you know, to, to change my physiology and to change my state with my, you know, quote, thoughts, but it was like, not just thoughts, but understanding. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And a lot of people that I've worked with would come to me and they've tried yoga and breath work and all these things. And um, the thing that I've really came across with my research also is that the component that was missing for a lot of people is understanding why it should be working for them. Mm. Um, and I think that that can go back to your question of like what to look out for, mm-hmm. um, instead of just being told like, do this, do this, and it'll work for you. If you, it's really was people understanding of like, okay, how does that work? And why does that work? And then they can apply, then they can apply the technique. So it's really just helping people. I think people are so smart. And if they just understand <laughs> why they're doing what they're doing, right. Um, then we can apply it better because different things will work for different situations. Right, right. 
Rita, this has been so informative. Thank yeah. you so much for, for sharing your wisdom and your your passion. <laughs> Can you tell that I'm passionate about it? I love that. No, I absolutely love that. And and that's such an asset. Um, not only, you know, to you but to to the community. So thank you again for being here and sharing yes, your, your wisdom. My pleasure. My pleasure. Very appreciate I, I'm so happy to, to spread this. We have so much more um, ability than we even know that we have. And so I just want want that to, to spread <laughs> to, to all of us. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. You can find us on Instagram at Anxiety and the Artist. If you want insight and inspiration on dealing with anxiety delivered to your inbox, subscribe to our monthly emails at anxietyandtheartist.com. If you like the show, tell a friend about it love an episode? Share it in your Instagram stories. Also, leaving a quick review in the podcast app of your choice really helps us get the word out. Thank you to Bosco Chef, who composed our theme music and provides sound editing and engineering for each episode. And thanks to our marketing consultant, Ben Nissen. Until next time, I'm Allison Chef. Be healthy and stay creative. This podcast represents the opinions of Allison Chef and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.